Welcome to issue 153 of Critical Encounters, a podcast about Marvel Champions, a living card game by Fantasy Flight Games. Here we take a good look at that most critical piece of the game, the encounter sets. We'll discuss those poorly understood characters, unfairly labeled villains, and their various plans to shape humanity and benefit the planet, as well as those so-called heroes intent on thwarting them. Hi, I'm one of your hosts, Mike, and joining me tonight is Steve. Hi, Steve. Hey, Mike? Mike's reading the intro, and he's back from his birthday extravaganza? Hi, Mike! I was back last week. You recognize that voice, Steve? I do. It's been a while, but... Was he back last week? Oh, yeah, I guess he was. (laughs) Daniel, you guys were talking about me. You're like, where's Mike? Oh, what's he doing? I was under the table. Well, yeah. You were on one of your birthday shenanigans for a couple weeks, though. I had one drink. It was a Thor's brew, but it was one drink. Yeah. So you're saying that those two weeks, you were just under the table all the time? Yeah, pretty much. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for noticing, guys. Thanks. Oh, hey, I'm here with Daniel, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, happy birthday, Mike. I'm sorry that it was a lousy birthday. I really didn't realize that you were under the table the whole time. It was okay until you started putting your feet up on me. Yeah. I I thought you were that extra carpet that Mustafa was trying to get rid of the other day. Hey, the ottoman's really comfy. (laughs) It's going to be one of those nights. Yeah. Hey, Steve, what's on your mind tonight? I feel so honored. Uh, Well, we have a question that is from Danimal. Oh, I love Danimal. Yeah, me too. He, He writes in with this question. I saw a comment where someone was commenting about a scenario, and they said it was bad design because they would have to build a different deck to beat it. Does that actually make a scenario badly designed? Oof. Give some examples. Like, like given the infiltration card versus Senator Kelly as an example in the Sabretooth. So that card says, like, discard a supporter ally you control, and if Kelly's lost, you lose the game. And some other scenarios come to mind. Collector 1, Sinister 6, Tower Defense, etc. So. Mm. What a question. That is such a great question. Yeah, yeah that's, that's an interesting question because I kind of go both ways. On Me the too. one hand, you don't want the game to go stale, and people really enjoy some of those different scenarios. But at the same time, Daniel, I'm just I'm thinking back to our, our time on Monday Night Twitch when we go to pick up and play a game, and we never pick up the ones that require a special deck because nobody has brought a special deck. Right. We're just picking up a game. Or we sometimes accidentally pick a game that requires one, and that lasts 15 minutes. And then we're like, oh, yeah, that's why we didn't play this <laughs> for a year. Yeah. Uh. I'm, I'm torn about this. When I first started playing LCGs, and, and it was really Lord of the Rings that sort of got me started in this thing, um, it would upset me that I, like, I was, I think it was a naive belief of mine to think that, well, any deck should be able to beat anything. Because I think the whole point of these games is to get you to use the card pool that you have. Yeah. Because that was the other thing, like, I would kind of piss and moan about, especially, like, Game of Thrones, LCG and stuff. Like, I'd have thousands of cards and use eight of them, right? Yeah. And so so I used to get really angry, like, well, I feel any deck should be able to beat anything and that. But, no, you should be be using all your cards, and part of the fun of it is, is getting the puzzle down sometimes. Now, do I think every... Every scenario needs a special like deck to be. No, that would be a bummer. 
But I like on occasion where it's like, well, you need to be thinking about these three things more specifically. So go into your box of cards and find some that really fit the bill. I'm excited by that now. It used to really bother me. I think Marvel's done a good job of correcting that balance a bit in that they still throw those scenarios in. But like you said, there's only one or two in a given cycle, so it's okay. And even the ones they put in, like the Senator Kelly one, that's probably okay because most most heroes come with supports or allies. So you don't even have to necessarily deck build to get around that restriction. You just have to alter your play style. Collector Mm, one is a different story. That's one that actually hard counters many characters. And I think it's probably the one scenario in this whole game that maybe doesn't get played as much because of that. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. So I don't want to play the same scenario with a different skin on it every time. Right. Um, I like that things are different. I like to be able to build different decks and have a different play experience. I like to use different cards. So I don't think having to build a new deck to beat a specific scenario or to do well against a scenario is bad design at all. I mean, I've beaten Collector 1 using Cyclops. And his whole thing is put out more stuff so more stuff ends up in the collection. It's doable. It's it's fun. It's a challenge. Um, like You change your play style because if everything was the same, you're playing the same decks in a game designed to where you build decks, it, why have more scenarios at all if they're all the same? Right. I think I think there's one one other thing we need we should think about in this in this regard is all right, so think of like Ronin, right? There's a very specific way you can beat him, right? But my question is this to, and I'm posing it to you guys because I don't know <laughs> I don't know, but like do you think that every hero or most every hero in this game has specific builds for them that you can make against every scenario does that make sense does my question make sense yeah i like, it, it, i think it's bad design if like the special deck you have to build to beat someone is actually only use these two heroes mm. that would be bad design but if every hero has something you can structure them with to be successful against every villain then i think that's brilliant it's like yeah. hey, every hero's got a puzzle for this particular yeah. scenario. Can you figure it out? That's great. Yeah, and I think that's the case. I think, uh, barring a f- few heroes against a few villains, okay. I think you you I think you could build every hero to take on the majority of villains. Right? There might be a few that just it's going to be much harder. Black Widow against Collector One, Cyclops against Collector One. Those are tough. It's doable. It's tough. You have to play differently. Right. Um, and some heroes, I don't. It's not, they don't fit my play style, so I don't play it well. So I don't do good, or I don't like it to start with. So it doesn't matter what villain I'm playing it against, mm, anyways. Like, okay. like Hulk, I just can't. Whatever reason, I I don't mesh with the Hulk hero. So I just feel like it's gonna lose no matter who I play it against, right? And that other people have much better success with Hulk than I do. Um, now that's not being able to build a hero deck to take on a villain. I think you could do for, like I said, 95% of it. Um, Using a pre-constructed deck, that's not going to be the case, right? And they've said that's not really possible, right? But you you have, and this is playing on standard, right? I don't know if every hero could take on every villain on expert or heroic one or whatever. That Those are ones where you've set a very high bar. You're playing the villains at a very high difficulty. So you need a power deck. You need a 
Captain America or Doctor Strange or something to take on. But that's a specific challenge. But I think if you're playing on standard for the most part, you could yeah. pick a hero up and build a deck for it. And yeah. some are going to be better than others, right? Like certain he- villains, you don't want to play protection. Certain villains, you want to play protection. So th- there's always that too. You have four options per hero. You know, I, I don't know what you're talking about, Steve. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, remember, there's the aspect part too. Like, I think if you're going to take Black Widow against Collector, you can defeat that by just not playing Black Widow cards. But then you have the argument of why play Black Widow? It's just, right. uh, I don't know. Yeah, right. Well, you're playing her other cards, not you're her playing her other cards, but not her preparations, which is kind of the point of her, right? It's like she has a blank text box, so I can I can see where some of the feel bads come from. Yeah, but does that make a scenario badly designed? I I don't I don't think no, so. I don't I don't I don't think so. If if there's one scenario in the whole game where it's like maybe don't bring Black Widow. Yeah. Okay. Black Widow didn't go on every assignment in the movies. I was gonna say thematically. <laughs> <laughs> right she yeah. shouldn't be able to defeat galactus by herself right or whatever it is so sometimes theme does factor in there and it's okay yeah so, yeah i guess if there's a lesson for the designers please don't make that scenario the first one in a deluxe box there's no one oh yeah great this hero is finally released and then just you know not be able to play like right it's that gut reaction you want mm-hmm. to avoid yeah yeah it's that thing they would do with the lord of the rings uh, cycles where they oh, they give totally you Faramir, a brand new Faramir hero, and then there'd be a Faramir ob- objective ally, so you could never play that Faramir against the kit it came in. So yeah, they haven't really done that in this. So yeah, it's also a different type of uh, release. Um, yep. Yeah, release model. Well, thank you, Dan. Well, that's a great question, and I think it's like sort of a thing that hangs over every one of these types of games, right? I mean, of course. Yeah, yeah, because they're they're trying to bend the rules when they make these new scenarios. How we make things a little more interesting, and anything they bend is going to stress some hero somehow. Yep, yep. Oh. Mm. Anyway, great question, great combo. Thanks, guys. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. All right. So today, Steve, what are we talking about? Oh, today we're going to take a look at a back of the pack modular set armadillo, the holiday armadillo. I'm the Holiday Armadillo! <laughs> no, just a regular no. uh, villain armadillo. <laughs> this one is <laughs> from the Nova pack during our Sinister Motives wave. Um, yeah, I, I, mean, I'm like, I don't know if he's a Holiday Armadillo because Daniel is going to tell us all about this character. Me? You. I feel like I was supposed to have done this earlier. Well, People yeah, that. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to now because it, because it is 2023, and therefore revolutions are now in effect. Absolutely. Um, hey, fellas, can I be honest with you? Sure. Okay. Wait, are you not honest with us normally? Generally, never. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Huh. Okay. And and Mike, you know this. I was, I was talking to you the other day about how I was just going to probably spend most of my time talking about the animal called the armadillo. We expected that too, and I was gonna, yeah. Of course, everyone expects that, and and, and I was gonna try to like make it vague enough that I could actually be talking about a potential villain. So the whole reason I was thinking I would have to do that is because I figured a villain like I don't know someone named the Armadillo might not have a ton going on in the backstory department. But guys, I was wrong. This dude's fascinating. Do you guys know anything about him? Nothing. 
Awesome. I know he has tough. <laughs> He's tough. Yeah, that that makes sense. Okay, so I'll try to do his story justice, but I. I'm mindful of the time. It's actually like there's a lot to him and he's he's gone a lot of places that there are kind of particular themes that uh, he returns to in his life experiences that you know, uh, make him pretty compelling. Um, and when, you know, you know me, love the guy we can attach some kind of sympathy to. I think this guy's got it. Cool. Hmm. Yeah. So you guys ready to talk about the life and times of Antonio Rodriguez, a.k.a. Armadillo? I'm as ready as I'm going to be. Well, that might not be enough, Steve. Okay. Ready. Let's <laughs> okay. Villains congregate. Ready to roll and roll it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Ready to tough and tumble. <laughs> All right. We've had villains before that would waffle between good and bad. They'd work in, working for like an A and B list of random supervillains and superheroes. This guy, Armadillo, is kind of one of them. Sort of always a bridesmaid, never a bride. That kind of thing. But he gets his start in a pretty sympathetic place. Prison. Well, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But but his real story (laughs) is about his wife, Bonita, who is stricken tragically with an incurable disease. Now, like all good men, Antonio wanted to find a cure for her, do whatever he could. And so the reason his story starts out in prison is because it's there that he had heard about a doctor named Dr. Carlin Malice. Now, I'm pretty sure we've heard that name before. Am I right? Have we talked about him? I thought you were going to say Mandibus. Uh, I don't know if we heard about for Malice. He seems, like he seems to factor in, in universe. He seems to factor in bigly enough in Armadillo's story that it makes me think he's widespread, but maybe not. Well, anyway, he finds it. He gets out of prison. He finds Dr. Malice. And, of course, there's no such thing as a free lunch, right? And so Malice agrees to help him, but only if Antonio becomes a test subject first. So, desperate, our villain agrees. He drinks some weird juice that combines the DNA of an armadillo with human genes, like you do, uh, like and you he do. becomes the armadillo. Now, it's not just that he's like a test subject to get this cure. He also has to like do stuff for malice. So the first thing that the evil doctor orders him to do is break into the West Coast Avengers compound to find a previous test subject, Goliath. Now we know Goliath, right? Yeah, we have an ally, Goliath. Right. But was he a bad guy once? I don't know. Because Armadillo's story sort of makes it sound like he might have been. Anyway, so he does because he needs his wife cured, damn it. And he meets Captain America, who is visiting, of course. And Captain America just soundly kicks his butt, but takes pity on Armadillo because Antonio told Captain America what he was doing there. Like, he, he spilled the truth. He's like, look, I'm only doing this because I need to find a cure for my wife, and this malice guy has got it for me. So Cap takes pity on him, he, um, but he follows Armadillo back to Malice's lair, and then he beats up Dr. Malice. So that's a good thing, right? Anyway, by the way, Bonita is cured, and um, after that, Armadillo kind of wants to go straight. But she convinces him to keep his powers so that he could become a pro wrestler. So... Um, and he'll do that. He'll return to pro wrestling and like, uh, you know, uh, fighting to make a few extra bucks here and there throughout his story. And you know what? He's good. He's real good. But one day he learns that Bonita, whom he saved through great sacrifice and love, was seeing another man and it drove him off the edge. Mm. So he begins attacking everything in sight. And he's eventually captured and put into the vault. Oh. Now, you know what the vault is, right? Yeah. Big, big time prison for supervillains. 
big time prison for supervillains where all the bad guys go. But guess he escapes because that's what also all bad guys do. You know how he escaped? Nope. Mm, nope. Idiot Iron Man destroyed some portions of that maximum security prison, which allowed Armadillo to go free. Oh. Yeah, he was there doing some other some shenanigans, and yeah, he blows a hole in the side of the building, and okay, Armadillo and some other guys break out. A redeeming quality for Iron Man, finally. Yeah, there you go. Right. So Armadillo busts out, and on his way out, he meets up with Vagabond, who's not a hero I've ever heard of, but she was like Captain America's driver at the time, and she convinces him to give himself up and abandon his quest for revenge against Bonita. And those are good things, and he does it. There you go. Aww. So so far, I kind of like this guy. You know, he reminds me of he reminds me of the lizard in some ways. Oh yeah, right. The good intentions and all that, but you got to go morally dark to achieve them. Sometimes, like I don't know. You know what I mean? Like oh yeah, yeah. So anyway, he gets out of prison again. He gets mind controlled for a bit by Doctor Doom. He attacks my hometown guys and the Fantastic Four, gets thrown in jail again, rinse and repeat for a bit, until he becomes a famous wrestler again, but he gets cheated out of his title because he doesn't look the part. He doesn't look like an armadillo? No, he looks like an armadillo, and that's the problem. People wanted someone that looked more like a heroic, you know, square-jawed, chiseled champion kind of guy. So... He gets cheated out. This becomes homeless, and he's once again preyed upon by the villain set that sees in him an easy target to acquire. He ends up working for almost everybody, from like Modoc to Hood, but he also becomes a superhero for a time with a group in Texas called the Rangers. Um, and there, the second really, truly important part of the story happens, becomes like the anchor of the rest of his tale, and that is he falls in love with a girl named Daisy. But they break up because... You know, people do, right? And it, it every, like with Bonita, it sends him kind of over the edge a little bit. He goes back to villainy. But my favorite part of the story is he drunkenly decides that he wants to win Daisy back. And so he finds out that she's attending a rodeo and he shows up and he like ruins the rodeo, he, like destroys it. Right. And he's, you know, in his sadness and anger and like attempt to win her back. He, he, he upsets the rodeo in some way. But you know what, guys? What? It works. Oh, What? She's like, any guy that's going to do that for me? Yeah. So, <laughs> now, that's a little bit ridiculous. And a lot of his story kind of is. Um, I don't know what's more ridiculous, that or the fact that he's an armadillo. That's, I think, where it begins and ends <laughs> in the <laughs> ridiculous department. But yet I think of him, I think of Antonio as a sympathetic figure because of how his story ends. So his life in the wrestling arena teaches him that, you know, the folks view him more as a monster or a freak. And so what he ends up doing near the end of his story is he, he, go, he goes everywhere looking for a cure to what he calls his condition. He didn't want to be Armadillo. So he goes to like Baron Zemo, he goes to Hydra, he goes back to Malice. But all of them want something from him. And he actually, and it's through Daisy's counsel, but also his own like heart searching. He's like, I do not want to trade my soul to get out of this situation. And I think that's pretty damn admirable. Yeah. So he's tortured by his powerful feelings. He runs away to New York. But as before, sometimes these feelings just set him up in like a rampage. Like the... Now, I don't know much about the armadillo animal, but I don't think of them as ragey. So, um, 
but yet that's part of his issue is the DNA mix of armadillo and human and something. He goes off the edge sometimes. So once again, he's basically daily gets beat up soundly by lots of New York's finest, like, you know, Luke Cage, Ironheart, Miles Morales, like all these all-stars in New York. So eventually he goes and hides out and he's discovered by Jessica Jones, who was hired. Oh, I by know this one. I know this one. Daisy hires Jessica to find him. Um, she sees something in it, like of a kindred spirit in him and convinces him to return to Daisy. And like, first he like sucker punches her and runs out of the apartment, but eventually he goes back to Daisy and his story ends guys with him and Daisy going to couples therapy. <laughs> How, that's awesome. Right. I mean, like I, he's yeah. gotta be our, I'm sure he's our first villain whose story concludes like that heroically. Aww. So I like him. I like him. I'm going to feel pretty bad about beating him up. It seems to be what superheroes do to him. Um, I am sure there's a ton more to his story. And like, there's some things I left out on purpose because I thought it made a little better narrative. Um, but he's, he's much more interesting and nuanced and deep than I gave him credit for by looking at his card and the art and the very idea of someone being an armadillo. He's human. Like he's yeah. got these very human reactions. Yes. Yes. My question is, uh, do you know when he first appeared? Because if he appeared in like the 60s or whatever, I wouldn't expect this sort of backstory. It would just be a here's another monster of the week kind of guy. He must be a slightly more modern story. I think he's modern. Yeah, it's got a good tale. Often these characters, they'll reimagine and come up with a story in the odds. Yeah. Well, they do a nice job. I, I agree. It's got real human. Uh, Foibles going on there. Yeah, no, I mean, he first appears in the 80s, which okay. I guess makes sense. Like he's, he's, he's most associated, definitely in his early days, with uh, Captain America, who features, like, importantly in his kind of origin story. Mm -hmm. But, you know, partly before being, like, sympathetic to him, right? Like, Captain America takes pity on him, is like, you're just a guy. Like, you don't want this. You're just trying to help your wife. Um, and so, yeah, Captain America, he, he appears in that. In 1985. I want to give a shout out since you mentioned it to that Jessica Jones series. Like she has two, one in the late 90s and then one roughly around 2010. And this is the final story in her last issue. Oh, cool. It's, it's so endearing and it's not part of the main story at all. It's kind of it, like the supplemental. She's a little bit aimless at the time too. And she's, you know, what kind of superhero is she? And right, right, right. The whole point is that she just like she helps this weird armadillo guy. <laughs> like it, it, <laughs> it helps her out too. It kind of gives her perspective in the world. That's awesome. a really good topic. Yeah, you know, and you and you and you look at his card art, and he's got one of those screams of rage that it's like it's deeper than anger. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like I almost feel like he's just seen himself in the mirror. No. Remember, like, when Darth Vader emerges for the first time? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's exactly yeah, it. <laughs> you know, it's just like, this is not what I wanted. So anyway, he's interesting. Way more interesting, like I said, than I would have originally thought. And clearly, I, I just needed an extra week to come up with all this. <laughs> well, that was wonderful. <laughs> yeah, that was wonderful. So I'm going to put him. So if, at some point, I'm going to need to make a list, Steve and Mike, of my um, top ten most sympathetic villains. 
This guy's going to be way up there. That's a good yeah. idea. If you're yeah. our most and least sympathetic. Yeah. Him, he might, he might be the Red Skull, all very sympathetic. Yeah. He might be the <laughs> anti Zax. <laughs> that he has a story where he's human. <laughs> yeah. Though I was a fan of Zax, of course. Um, but, you know, we're only talking about this guy because he comes with cards, Steve. Yes. Like I said, he comes in the Nova Hero Pack. He's like in the back of the pack. Six cards, five by title. Daniel, let's let's hear about uh, Antonio. Sure. Antonio Rodriguez, aka Armadillo, and I like that it's not the Armadillo. He's yeah, he is yeah. Armadillo. He's a minion with one scheme, two attack. They both have stars on them. He has eight health. Gotta love that. He's brute and elite traded. Toughness. Armadillo can have any number of tough status cards. Now his scheme and his attack. Come with a forced response. After Armadillo activates against you, give him a tough status card. And, like a true villain, three boost icons. Yep. Okay, there is one weakness to this, and it's the same weakness that Colossus has. A Pierce King will just take off all the toughs. All the toughs, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. But if you don't have Pierce... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you don't kill him right away with a tough and eight damage. He just keeps getting that tough card. Uh, even if he's scheming. Yes, even if he schemes. That's the part that's great. Yeah. Um, now, nothing in his backstory suggests a proficient schemer, but whatever. Um, yeah, and and like Colossus, this sort of playing around with the toughness condition is going to be a big part of who he is. And he, he's a play around card. Like, as soon as he comes out, your whole strategy has to change. It has to. He's yes. not one of those, like, blank text box chumps that you talk about, Mike. Yeah. No, no. The two options are deal with him immediately, right? Or accept the fact that you'll be taking two points of damage, you know, every turn in Hero, and just hope you don't get the rest of his cards, right? It's like, <laughs> yeah. ju- I'm just going to take two. I know two's coming because I not going to make it through his tough and his eight hit points fast enough. So, like, if you're running or racing, there's two more damage every turn. So, yeah. Yeah. But the rest of those cards, Steve. Yeah, the rest of those cards. I do, before we get to him, I do like he's elite. So, you can't, like, mind control him with Phoenix's card. You, you know, mm. there's a few cards that target non elite, and making him elite gives him just that extra little bump, which I, I like. I like the brute keyword. Yeah, for some of those cards in the hood that uh, mean you can't hit him. <laughs> Isn't there a yeah. scheme where you can't attack a brute enemy or something, or is it the opposite? There's one where like you have to do you have to remove threat before you deal damage or something like that. Every time you yeah. would deal damage to a brute, you remove threat instead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that would just pile on the tough cards. Oh, and folks, he is a deliciously thematic addition to a hood game. So. Yeah, he is. He works for him. Um, yeah. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. Can I? I don't want to bury the lead, guys. This set is great. So we should let's let's keep going because I'm, I'm excited about every card. I think the next card Mike has to do because he hinted at it earlier. Yep, he did. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Armadillo's rolling. What else rhymes with rolling? Ride. <laughs> <laughs> well, bowling. Oh, oh, yeah, I didn't think of it. Trolling. Um, 
stolen! Apparently, you should be singing this. Oh, he needs to kind of roll it in stolen. Like, breaking and taking. <laughs> Alright, this is an attachment. It is a condition. It gives Armadillo plus two attack. Oof. It says, attached to Armadillo. If Armadillo is not in play, search the encounter deck and discard pile for Armadillo, put him into play, engage with you, and attach this card to him. While Armadillo has a tough status card, characters cannot defend against his attacks. And two boost icons. You mean his new attack of four, Mike? Four. This, I've been waiting for this card. The whole game's life cycle. (laughs) The card that says, make this minion awesome. And if he's not in play, bring him out and attach this card to him anyway. And make him awesome. Yeah. Because yeah. when he shows up, he shows up with toughness. Yeah. And I have a game that might be on video soon, kind of depending on when this airs, uh, where I beat Armadillo, and he comes right back two turns later with this. This is great. Yeah. It is, yeah. It's a beautiful card. And it's thematic, too, because his backstory is all about getting punched out and comes back up. I like how it's sort of a reverse of some of the other attachments where it would be like... Uh, if you get the attachment as a boost, you go, you know, you still get to put it out or whatever. So we we always like those attachments. You don't lose. This one comes up. You get the mm. guy, so it attaches to the person it's supposed to be on. Um, I think the only weakness there is if you do get it as a boost, you know, you got to wait right. for the deck to recycle. But that's fine because Armadillo is still there. I mean, you have two cards of Armadillo technically in the deck because it goes and gets him. Yeah, it's so great good. point. Yep, great point. And. There he is, beating up uh, Captain America, which I believe that might be the uh, Falcon version of Captain America. I just forgot his name. Uh, Sam. Yes. Something, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, Sam Wilson. There you go. Sam Wilson. Uh, that is, he, he, it is Sam Wilson who, in later in his story, convinces him to go good at one point as well. So he's the one who says, like, man, your soul, your soul's in crisis. So... God, what a great card. Oh, and also, Mike, Cajolin rhymes with Roland. I will await your rendition. <laughs> rolling, rolling, rolling. Armadillo's rolling. Conjolin, Poland, stolen, right. Anyways. <laughs> he is, uh, has a side scheme in his deck called Armored Assault. Armadillo is barreling through the city, steamrolling, oh, steamrolling, everything in his path. (laughs) It's three threat per player, two boost icons. Each enemy with a tough status card gets plus three attack. Oh, yeah. Holy cows. (laughs) Not each character, each enemy. (laughs) So now he's a seven. So uh, that you can't block because... Roland, Roland came out, and then Armored Assault came out, and off we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, it is. And any enemy oh. with a tough. Yeah. yeah. So what are some other enemies you can put them with? I think for the most part, it's the villain scenario. Because there are certain villains where it says, give the villain a, stuff, a tough status card. I'm blanking. Yeah, but I feel like a lot of brutes are tough. Yes. Um, so if you were to go, like... Go the hood with seven brute mod sets. That could be a lot of fun. Is Mr. Hyde tough? I don't think he is. I think he just has a dozen hit points. No, he's not tough. But you have characters like um, 
heck, even Claw level three. Um, some of the versions of Kang, uh, Juggernaut, Nemesis, right? You, oh and my goodness, little, Kang! Little, yeah, little guy like like armored guards or um, Death Hunt oh, nine thousand yeah. Frost Giants, right? So there's lots of toughies out there. Yeah. Armadillo could make things get out of hand pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanos, yeah. the sleeper, the Magus, right? I mean, the yeah. Magus is tough. The Magus is tough. Wow. You thought he wasn't? I just thought he had that great hair. Well, in Sinister Motives, you have like Venom, um, Venom Goblin. So, like, if you were to play him in this cycle, slotting him in, it's going to, it could affect those villains. So, right, right. Well, Guys, we're not done. He has two treacheries. Oh. The first of which is tough and tumble. I like that, that sound. When revealed, if you're an alter ego, each enemy with a tough status card schemes. If no enemy activated this way, this card gains search. Wow. Okay. And remember what happens when he schemes. It's oh, yeah. He just gets tough again. If you're a hero when this card is revealed, each enemy with a tough status card attacks you. If no enemy activated this way, this card gains surge. So just after he hit you for seven undefended, because you can't defend him, hello. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm, but it only works if there's a tough character. Yeah. Right? Otherwise, oh, I guess it gains surge, which is nice. Yeah, it's never going to whiff, right? It's gonna, you're always going to have surge, at least. But <clears throat> each enemy with a tough. So if... The next card comes out first, and then this card comes out next in a multiplayer game. Yeah. Yeah. You just flip to Kang version 2, and it's tough, and then this comes out. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, what is this card, Steve? Oh, I'm going to steal it from Mike. Tough it out! Tough oh! It out, There's two of these. It is a treachery. When revealed, give Armadillo and the villain... Each a tough status card. If one or fewer tough status cards were given out this way, this card gains surge and no boost icons. Hmm. I like that it surges out even if one's given out. Right. So if Armadillo's not out, you're just going to put a tough on the villain and surge. So, but if they're both out, yeah, more tough. Oof. I think it would have been a cool boost card. Like if the boost had went, uh, resolved the one revealed effect. Yeah, that would have been good. That could have been neat. Yeah, because he doesn't have any specials, right? Right. He's got a three, a two, a two. Except a one. A couple except this whole set's pretty darn special. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty charming. <laughs> charming. That's it's a charming. good word. It is. It's... So, Daniel, you spoke highly of this. What are you going to give this grade? I'm giving it an A+. Plus. I think it's great. Holy I think it absolutely holy. changes the game. It does. It does. Uh, when I've played a bunch of... Like tough and tumble and the armored assault don't do anything in my games, but it's not because the cards are bad. It's because I know they're in the deck. <laughs> and so right when they when they come out, I get rid of them. Or when the armadillo comes out, I get rid of him. But right. I have to change my play to do it. And that takes a lot of time and resources, I imagine. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It takes your the equivalent of your swinging web kick plus at least another attack to take him out. Right. So there's your there's your hand there's your there's your whole turn. Yeah. So, like we said, some of the weaknesses is Pierce, right? Because you can mess up the tough. Um, Doctor Strange has that card that lets you change a status. Yes. So you could flip a tough into a stun, and if he's stunned or confused, he won't activate, so he won't gain that new tough. So characters like Spider Girl, the aggression at 
ally where you get to stun and confuse a minion, like it's pretty good against Armadillo, right? So he's one of those minions where you might put a stun or a confuse on him instead of the villain, just right. to slow him down. Which is its own kind of reward for the villain. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. So and those pierce attacks, like oftentimes they are, aren't hitting for that much damage, are they? Oh, that you know, piercing strike. I think that's three damage in a three pierce. and has pierce. Yeah. So, yeah. I, and not everybody has pierce either. It's just right. If you're going to attack against him, you you might be looking for pierce. So, yeah. Back to Danimal's question, in the beginning. Like, I think the cheapest have, way to do it. Sure. Yeah, the cheapest way to do it is with a guardian, because then you could do some energy spear shenanigans, which is fairly inexpensive way to deal with this. Yep. Um, but that's very specific. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll give this an A. Right on, because it is a it is a charming set. I have yet to put it in and not see armadillo. And that yeah, makes he me happy. Goes up, yeah, yeah. Like you said, Steve, there's two of them, so he's gonna right. And he's gonna come right back after you killed him off. <laughs> it's like like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So him with a villain like Sandman who is going through his deck super fast, you could see armadillo a whole bunch. This is a nice little set to talk about. I appreciate that they keep adding these modular sets to the hero packs. So, Yeah. And this was Zach's uh, nearest resolution for FFG, right? Uh, I think these. so. I think yeah. so. Yeah. More of these. More, more Pace Pop Pete's in our future, I believe he said. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Well, thanks, fellas, for listening to my story about him. Thank you. Mike, how do the good people find us? Hey, folks. What else rhymes with rolling and cajoling? Did we miss anything? <laughs> Email us at criticalencounterspod at gmail.com. We are Critical Encounters on Facebook, and you can find us on YouTube by searching for Critical Encounters Podcast. And on Discord, we are Vardane, Big Foam Loaf, and Wandering Tube. If you like our show, tell your friends. If you don't like our show, tell your enemies. Armadillo, take us out. Too hard, might break your hand.